This is the More Than Work podcast, where we talk all about how to gain more satisfaction in your job. It's possible to enjoy your life and your work, because business is personal. We're talking about assigning intent, which is really one of my favorite topics, and it has a lot to do with conflict. And we are just going to discuss what it means to assign intent and how that plays into creating conflict on teams and actually in all relationships. So Don, do you want to tell us a story about assigning intent? I do, Diana, and this is a really, really good story. I don't want to like oversell this story, but this is a good story because this is high school Don and high school Don used to learn a lot of stuff. Not that I don't still learn a lot of stuff, but high school Don. So high school Don got my very first job working to the phones for a telemarketing company. So uh, especially back in the 90s and the 80s and stuff, if you remember, like there was all these ads and the 1-800 numbers and 1-900 numbers you could call uh, to order stuff. Like you could order anything like Ronco food dehydrators and sports yeah. illustrateds and all these, you know, sham wows and all those crazy things that they sell. On TV, you know what, every time you call in to place an order for one of those things, pre-internet days, you would have somebody on the other end who would take your order. And that was me on the other end of the phone accepting those orders. And I had Ronco food dehydrators. We recommend expanding your machine to an additional two trays for a 30% additional capacity for only $9.99. Can we go ahead and add that to your order? Uh, so that was one of my, my very first job. And so I took all of these calls and I was there for my first week on the job. And I was looking to get some extra hours. So a holiday was coming up. It was the 4th of July. And the way that they did this, again, pre-internet and pre-website and all this stuff was they hung up these big sheets of paper with the schedules on it and these blanks up on this bulletin board. And you would go write your name on the shift that you wanted to sign up for. But it was huge, like all across this huge wall and you would go write your name on it. And the rule was when you wrote your name on there, you can't like take it off of there because then people would sign up for extra shifts and then like cross their names when they didn't want to take stuff. And they, they wanted to be able to schedule it. So while I was standing there, I was like, okay, I want to do this. I, I was, I'll sign up for this. 3 p.m. shift on the 4th of July. I'll get double time. This is sweet. So I signed up my name on there. And then I realized that it was 3 a.m. shift is what I just signed up for. So before even leaving that, I crossed my name off real quick, which is like that. Matt just, <laughs> you just said you can't do that. You just said, you? I can't do that technically. So the letter of the law was that was a violation. The spirit of the law was no one could sign up for that slot while I was standing there. So I thought, well, I just made a mistake, like a legitimate mistake. And I could go ask them to reprint this thing, or I could just like cross it off. So I crossed it off. I didn't really try to hide my name or anything like that. Cause I figured I didn't do anything wrong. Uh, the next day, my supervisor who I had never met side note called me into his office and he said he had the sign up sheet in his hand and he slides it across the table and looks at me and he's like, is this you? Is this your name on here? And I said, yeah. And he said, you know, listen, I know that you don't care about the rules here. And I know that you just signed up for all these different shifts because you were just going to log it. You were going to take whatever that you thought. And I know you thought you could get away with it, but I wasn't born yesterday. So let me tell you how things work around here. You're going to follow my rules. You're not going to follow your own rules. I know you don't care about this job. I know all this stuff. And I'm just like sitting there listening to him. Now I was a pretty, I know it's hard to believe but I was a pretty conscientious kid, like in high school, like I took that job pretty seriously and everything. I mean, I was like, I want to do a good job. You know, I, I, I used to dress up for work a little bit. I was pretty cool in high school, pretty cool kid yeah. in high school. Um, yeah. And in that meeting, he, I remember how he ended this meeting. Cause it was great. He sat back in a seat and he goes, well, Don, I should fire you, but I'll tell you what, this one's on me, but the next one's on you. That's how he ended that his motivational talk there. So 
I left the office and I never even got to explain, like, here's what happened. Like I never left the thing. Like I put my name right. I say, Oh, and I crossed off and I wasn't even trying to hide it. You know, I was like, I didn't get to get any of that stuff out. And I was so angry. Like this is my first job and I was excited. I'll earn a little money for the summer, but I'm a good student. I want to be a good employee, all this stuff. But this supervisor telling me that I'm trying to cheat the system, but with no room to even defend myself, I was just like, you know what? He doesn't care. So I don't care anymore. Uh, my attitude tanked after that day. There were uh, calls that I had where just like somebody's really struggling with something. It was like, I don't know how to help you. And I'll just get off the call. Uh, I just I just started going into like autopilot. I was totally disengaged with, with, the, with the job. Now, let's be realistic. So I didn't really think I had a huge future in telemarketing. Uh, I actually ended up quitting that job about a week wow. later, um, not that long into it. So but I didn't expect to have a long future to that. But that conversation was so incredibly demotivating to me. And I've thought about it since then. of like, why was that so powerful? Like I wasn't, I didn't love being a telemarketer, but I was engaged in the job. I did want to help people. And I, I was, it was kind of interesting in different times to, to try to work through problems people had when they called. The number one problem, by the way, when people call that is they don't know what they're ordering. They're so spontaneous about buying stuff on television. They forget what the product was that they're even calling about. I was anxious to help people, but after that conversation, I was just absolutely destroyed. So what really happened? And it's, it's a common mistake that we see people make and that I still make myself from time to time. And it's this concept of judging someone else's intentions, right? Whenever we think that we know what someone else is thinking, which we all are thinking about that because we're always trying to anticipate what other people are going to do. Sometimes the biggest mistake we can make is to say it and to throw it out there. Matt, I know exactly what you're thinking right now. This, you're probably thinking this and to state those things. Here's the thing. We're hardwired to actually get defensive when we hear that. It's one, In fact, it's one of the quickest ways to really stifle communication is to openly judge the intentions of the person that you're talking to. Hey, look, I know you're lazy or hey, look, I know you don't care about this. Those are just great ways to shut down a conversation, something we hear a lot. So we thought that would be a great topic for the discussion today. So I think this is interesting. Again, this is like two out of the last four podcasts that we've recorded that uh, you shared a story that I have not heard before. And we've spent hours, you know, in cars driving all over the place. And I'm I haven't, a, I'm a mystery a wrapped in an enigma, wrapped in the complexity of just, there's yeah. a lot of stuff in my life. Very circular. Yes. Certain things. I have not heard, I have not heard that story, but um, I wanted to ask a question here because the, you know, the idea of assigning intent. So I, I think there's different ways that, that we do that. And it's almost this evolution of assigning an intent too. So think about, uh, about it maybe from the manager's role there for the manager's job. Uh, and I, I don't know, let's bounce this off of each other. What do you think the evolution of assigning intent was for the manager? Let's look at their perspective for just a second. Where, where, what steps do you think they went through? How did that go for them? Clearly he's just a jerk. Yeah, that's, well, you're just jumping to step and, five. And he probably woke up in the morning and he thought, "How whose lives can I destroy today? How can I demotivate <laughs> right. somebody today? Yeah. So it's, it's, that's an interesting point too, Don, because we can assign intent the opposite way as well. Intent in, we can assign intent of why you're even coming at me in the first place. Like the reality is the boss probably got uh, looked at the schedule. Like we put in pretty clear rules around what this looks like. Right. We, the reason why we made the rule Don is so that we can get the thing scheduled and, and have a little bit of equity with how we're scheduling it. Right. So, so from that person's perspective, they're looking at it and let's be real like that guy in that job, 
Like he probably had that talk how many times? That probably wasn't the first time they had to talk about somebody writing the name too. Like, so he is kind of stuck. We, we've talked about this in another podcast too. He's kind of stuck in a paradigm himself of like anybody that crosses their name out is clearly trying to get away with something. So he's dealing with those, those own issues, but then we see it. And as we're kind of walking through this, I want you to think about yourself, whoever's listening there. I want you to think about yourself. Um, we see it and we immediately have this emotional reaction, right? So I've talked to them a thousand times. Don could have been anybody name like you're just the next one in line to, to to do that and if it goes like the other ones this is probably where that came from and so i think he's coming from him from an emotional state anyway right so if i'm that boss or maybe somebody in that situation one of the first questions i wanted to ask is how can we recognize when i am assigning a tent intent do you think the boss ever ever had that epiphany like after he left going oh man i was a little harsh on don maybe i should circle back no diana says no i don't think that he ever ever, ever had that how can we how can we uh, recognize maybe when we are assigning intent well i think something a really key point that don mentioned in that story is that he had never talked to his that supervisor before and so they clearly didn't have a really good relationship. He probably didn't know him or how he works or any of those things. And, you know, we can start assigning intent. If this is the first conversation I've had with this person and I'm and I'm making these assumptions about them and their actions and, and about who they are and all of that, and I've never had a conversation with them before, but I'm making these assumptions, then you're probably assigning that intent. Are you talking about the employee, Don's perspective or the manager's perspective in that case? I'm talking about Don's perspective as... You you know, they've never had that conversation and the manager is assigning intent to, to Don's act. I think without the relationship, it's really easy for Don in that scenario to be able to say, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, I don't even, first of all, hi, I'm Don. Right. Uh, what was your, what was your name again? What do we, what, do, you know, those, those types of things without the relationship, sometimes we do, maybe we take it a little harder uh, than others. What else? It's super hard to recognize it when you do it. I do it all the time without realizing that I'm doing yeah. it. And so talk about that more, Diana. That's true. Talk about that more. <laughs> yeah. I'm a very judgy human. I get it. <laughs> this is really just a well-designed intervention. You know what I think of you. Okay. There's, <laughs> there's no question. I think yeah. it is hard to like figure that out. Even, even us who have these conversations all the time and have a label for it and watch others do it and have this kind of, I don't know, weird understanding of what that is, still do it because it's ingrained in us to do that. We want to know what other people are thinking. We want to assign that reasoning behind what they're doing. And so, yeah, it's super difficult to determine when you're doing it or when someone else is doing it. Yeah, that's a great point. We're always trying to think about what the other person is thinking. And I, I think that's, I don't think that part necessarily is bad as long as we're like open to the fact that we might be wrong mm -hmm. in that. And that we don't say it out loud and then tell the other person like, I'm going to, I'm going to go past where you are and tell you what you're thinking. And, and you could even be right about what the other person's thinking. Yeah. He, he could have been right about what I said. You know what, what's funny, Matt, as we play back that story and you ask like, what was a supervisor thinking? I have never thought of that, which shows you how powerful that is in terms of shutting down conversations. As many times I've thought back about that story and put myself back in that room in that scenario, I've never had the thought of like, what was he thinking? What was his world like? Because if I did, I was thinking, man, I might, 
I might've ended that conversation differently. Instead of like walking out and being upset and being negative on that, I could have said something like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to make your job harder, sir. You know, I've yeah. a different kind of a response that might give me more power or feel better about my job. And, well, and there's different, there's different ways that we assign intent too. I mean, I think, I think, I think it does start by kind of telling that story. We've talked about telling that story and we have that story that, that kind of runs out of control. So he sees the schedule and immediately frustrated. And if you're listening to this, you can, you can interject your own life into this or your own scenario. You have a situation, some, something that stimulates your brain and you are frustrated by it, or you immediately have this emotional reaction and you want to go take care of it. Pro tip, when you're emotional about it is a very self that very seldomly is that the time to take care of it, but you have this emotional reaction. You want to, you want to take care of it. And then sometimes that is exercised either in the words that we choose to use, or uh, I just had to have this talk with somebody. I won't say who they, who they are over the weekend, but sometimes it's not what you say. It's how you say it. Like you are assigning intent with your voice fluctuation too. Maybe you are sitting there going, nope, I never have, I never curse at people or nope, nope. I'm always use nice words. Probably comes across in your nonverbals or your voice fluctuation too. I think all of those are elements of assigning intent uh, because it starts with that emotional reaction. I think that you're, that you're, uh, that you're also having too. And this is interesting. Diana said, it, I think it's super hard to recognize whenever you are assigning intent, but for some of us, like talk about maybe when we work with organizations, we're working with different organizations. Again, we, we have the opportunity, if you're just listening to this one for the first time, we have the opportunity to work with organizations across the country. And this is not a thing in just different parts of the country. We see this a lot. It is difficult to recognize it. One of the things that we pride ourselves on is this outside insight. And I don't know, I'm put, putting you on the spot. Does anybody have a story of maybe you were on the outside looking in and you're like, holy smokes, that person is assign, assigning, you are stuck in this paradigm. You are assigning intent to that person. And I want you to maybe consider that. And I'll give you an example while you're thinking of that. Two, two examples. One, I was talking to a publisher and their workforce and the workforce said that uh, this person walks into the room, uh, almost like kicks the doors open and just yells at us for all of these different, different things, you know, claiming that we're lazy or we're not getting the job done or we're not prioritizing things in the correct way. And, you know, those, those types of things. And honestly, it catches us off guard. All of us try, are trying to please this person. We all want to do good work. We all, you know, we, we want to do good things. And so I thought that was interesting feedback. I had the opportunity to talk to the boss later that night. And I said, hey, I heard about this. I heard that sometimes you might come into the room and you're kicking and you're screaming like when you get into the room. And, and, and they said, yeah, sometimes. And I said, but I explained to them, I explained to them, it's okay, you know, because, you know, they're probably, the, the boss is probably on the phone thinking about 12 other things, right, that you guys don't even know about, right? And so they're, they're having all of those things going through their mind. And the boss said, yeah, that's true. And I stopped them and I said, none of that is their fault. None of that is their fault. And it's one of those things that maybe they hadn't gotten to. They're stuck in that paradigm. They're assigning intent to the staff because they have no idea how many fires I am putting out for them. And all they can do is just not make a deadline or not complete the task or, or they're not doing enough for creating more. Um, and sometimes it is easier for somebody on the outside to go, golly, why are you so hard on? Or why did you say that? You know, those types of things. I didn't know if anybody else had an example of something like that. Just so we can continue to paint the picture of what this assigning intent looks like. That was actually the example I was going to use this person is just just a person that's kind of fiery all the time. Yeah. And it's hard to interact with this person on a regular basis because of that fieriness. And because you do want to please them and you want to to do good work and, and you kind of see everyone in the organization really trying to do that. And then when one tiny thing gets off, it's a yeah. it's, it's 
blows up and it get it gets off. You, you and know? I were in the same meeting. You and I were together when that happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah we were, and, and it's happened multiple times even since then. <laughs> right. I think we've I think we've tried to show both sides where each other is thinking and how they can better work through that together. Yeah, um, yeah it it does happen when the the boss assigns intent to the employees and then the employees assign intent right back. Like it just it it just creates friction all the time, and so we're constantly going back to both sides and being like, okay, here's yeah. what happened there. Here's what happened there. That's not your fault. That's not your fault. How right. do we past it? That's great. I, I sat on a call one time with a supervisor who was having to reprimand an employee and the supervisor opened up. We talked through how this was going to go ahead of time, you know, but you can't control it in the room. And he decided to audible and he said, you know, um, I saw some things that you did here, here, and here. And he goes, and it just like, there's no logical reason for you doing any of those things that you just did. So what, I don't know, what, what are you thinking? Yeah. What were you thinking? Like, there's no good reason for you to do that. So why did you do that? Great way to start a conversation. <laughs> that's a really good, I mean, that, that's an, that, that's like, well, you didn't say what they were thinking, but yeah, you kind of did. Cause you kind of said like, well, there's not nothing that you think it's like, like saying whatever you're thinking is not legitimate. Yeah. There's no right answer to this question. Now let me ask you a question. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's one of those, you know, Don, you know, and, and, and what's interesting is my, you know, if we, if we find out, okay, so I recognize I'm, oh man, I'm assigning intent. How do I get out of this? Like, I don't want to continue to do that. What's something you can do? You know, um, and my, one of my pro tips was going to be ask a question, yeah. ask a freaking yeah. question instead of, yeah. instead of just asking Don's example kind of blew that out of the water for a second because he did ask the question, but that also goes back to my original thought of it's voice inflection. It's nonverbals. It's how you're saying what you're saying, but I don't know. Don't you think asking a question is a good way to kind of defuse this idea of assigning intent? Yeah. It, it's, it's better than a good way. It's a great way of doing doing it. I mean, it is like, I think all of us could learn a lot more if we just learn to ask more questions. Mm -hmm. uh, we're trying to, and I get it. It's a difference between what your brain is doing and what your mouth is doing. Yeah. You know, your, your brain's trying to anticipate, like, I'm trying to understand and make sense of this world. I'm trying to put this into a story. I'm trying to link this all together. And so then you're, sometimes when you're processing that, you comes out verbally of like, so this and this and this and this, this is happening. So then we need to go mm -hmm. do this, this, and this. And then yeah. everybody is like, but we're not on the same, you're not in my head. You can't see what's thinking, what's going on in here. So asking the question, of so, so where does that take us or what are you thinking about that or tell me exactly. about your pro that it's asking a question not to confirm what you think but to understand what what they're thinking to understand where they're coming like it has to be a legitimate question sorry okay. diana go ahead no you're good i saw a boss one time something had happened that caused a client to be really upset and they lost the client and the boss went to the project manager and pulled him into his office and just said like tell me what happened here and he didn't say it rudely he didn't assign intent you could tell that the boss was upset like mm -hmm lost the client it was a mess but then the the project manager is just like here's all the things that I did here's why I did them and then the boss was like okay I see what happened I understand now I wish you would have done this this and this but like I get why you made those decisions and it was a really healthy discussion because I don't think he he probably assigned intent in his head but he didn't do it in person yeah being able to ask a good question I think also starts with the understanding that we're both trying to do our best yeah you know you, you probably went about it maybe a little bit differently than I would have anticipated, but we're both trying to do our best. So help me understand what you see versus what I see. I know, you know, one time, and, and we can kind of go to the next point after this, but one time I had written something that I thought was pretty good for a client. I had written something that I thought was pretty good. I sent it to Diana, hoping just to get the check mark, the green check mark of approval with a smiley face, like, you know, good job. And maybe like a, a gold star sticker or something like that that comes on it too. I don't know. And what I got was- You want a gold star? <laughs> what I got was just like, it, it feels like it was red ink from a giant red 
red marker and it was edited and uh, cut up. And, you know, I, so initially I look at it and like, mm, like I'm, I'm a decent writer. I have an idea of what I'm trying to say, but I, I didn't say any of those things. I wrote back to Diana and I said, Hey, just so I understand what it is that you're looking for here. Like, can you help me understand uh, why you edited it the way that you edited it? And that way, you know, for me, hopefully it helps saves me time later to where I'm going back and forth. Give me an understanding of what it is that you're looking for. And that way I can maybe try to do better on the first crack at it. So, I, I mean, I think that's one of the questions that we wanted to queue up is what if we feel like somebody is assigning intent to us, which I don't think you were necessarily assigning intent to me, but that's one of the things I think it's easy to be able to act out irrationally, to be able to say the, how dare you, or you have no idea what it's like to live a day in my life. You know, those types of things. It's, it's, it's easy to do that from the emotional part, but, but realistically, if we can go, okay, okay, okay. Hang on a second. Um, you're here. I'm here. How come? Um, or, or why, why are we where we are? If I can just speak generally like that. I don't know. What, what are your thoughts? I think a lot of people fall into that uh, mindset of, and including myself of watching the other person. And it's really easy to go like, I am judging your intentions. It's not like I'm saying I am, I literally am. And like, I'm questioning, you're like, you're not handling this well. You're not handling this conversation well. You're not doing this right. Or you shouldn't say those types of things. Yeah. And then it's really easy to get focused on that. But I found it's more effective and it's harder, but it's more effective to think about what all I can control is my half of this. So what can I do? How do I respond? How, how, what can I do to better understand the situation? And a lot of times that may mean that you're contributing more to the conversation and the relationship in that moment than the other person is. It's not fair. I think that's part of the empowerment conversation is recognizing that you can control you. So what do you do right. to influence the other person? Yeah. Right. Right. Because otherwise we'll drive ourselves nuts trying to figure out how to control the other person, which just isn't a thing. So if we recognize that assigning intent is, is, is not great, that's not where we want to be, but we also recognize that it is something that that's easy to fall into or probably has happened. If we opened up like open mic for everybody that's listening, share your assigning intent story. Uh, we probably have a lot of them, but I thought it'd be fun maybe to give like a quick tip of, uh, you know, what's your one takeaway? Like what's your pro tip here to be able to uh, get away from assigning intent? Or if you feel like you are being assigned intent, how would you overcome that? So my pro tip for not assigning intent is actually to assign intent to everyone. I'll, I'll fix that. So right, really, we should start over. I know. We should start I know. <laughs> no, so really. if I hear you, I want to assign intent to everybody. Right. <laughs> Don't alienate. <laughs> I know. But my thing is start from a baseline that everyone is doing good things. You're, uh, you need to assign good intent to everyone, right? Instead of yeah. everyone's messing it up and everyone's dumb, start with a, everyone's trying to do their best and everyone wants to go do good work and everyone's trying to figure out this together. And their perspective may be different than yours. Their process may be different than yours, but yeah. start the, start with assigning good intent to that human and then move from there. I like it. Don, what do you think? I was thinking of a couple of things is one is I think that we don't, it's, it's really good to watch the reaction of the person you're talking to. Mm, yeah. Sometimes I'll, I'll notice like if I, if I do judge someone else's intentions, you can see it. It's usually a pretty sharp reaction. And so if you're always in tune and watching the, the nonverbals and the responses, if somebody kind of just suddenly like does that and you see them kind of dig in a little bit, um, that should be a clue for you to be like, what did I just say that made them dig in? 
did I just, did I just step in something and you kind of replay it in your head a little bit. And, and then that's a good time to kind of back off a little bit. It's uh-huh. almost, it's almost like, you know, when the dog growls at you, you just kind of like, I'm not, I'm not going to try to pet you for a little bit. I'm just going to yeah. let you kind of sniff my hand for a little bit and try to try to let this turn around. But watching the reaction, I think is a big, is a good tip. That's good. So even as the communicator, I'm still communicating, but I'm also taking in too. I should be taking in those nonverbals to craft my communication. That's good. Bethany? A little bit similar to Diana's in the fact that one way to do that is just remember that everybody has a story and a reason that they do things and respond to people in a certain way. And just having empathy and that compassion for why people might be responding a certain way. And it might not be directly related to you even. There's a saying, and I'm probably going to butcher it, but it's, it's where you're saying like, people are probably not thinking as much about you as you think they are. That rings really true for me. And something that I've had to learn a lot is that like, they're probably probably they this is probably completely unrelated to me quite honestly and it's probably more selfish for me to be thinking that it's all about me <laughs> and all in response to me and so just trying to remember um, people's stories and 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 that is probably not about you really that's a good point that's a good point too try to remove yourself emotionally from that which kind of parlays right into mine as well i would have a two-part pro tip because i get to make the rules the the two-part pro tip i would i would say one Try not to react emotionally. And if you're filled with emotions, probably not a great time to be able to have an interaction too. That, that's just going to assign the intent. And then the, the other part of that is ask a question. Start with asking a question. So taking those things that you all had into account, understand we're all trying to do our best, probably not about me. Ask a question. And then while you're listening to the response, maybe you can take in those nonverbals too, like Don had talked about as well. So uh, assigning a tent, don't do it. Um, so good, oh, good, good conversation. Yeah. Or if you do, assign good intent, like Diana said. That's that's good. So, all right. Thanks for listening. Hi, thanks for joining us today for the Assigning Intent episode. Here are a few takeaways. The first one is, if you ever ordered a food dehydrator over the phone, it might have been Don who helped you purchase that. Um, in all seriousness, some of the great takeaways from our conversation today. Are you assigning intent to someone you don't even know? So first takeaway is try to get to know somebody first. Sometimes we assign intent to people we don't even really know. Second thing is if you haven't talked to someone about an action that offended you, that's the first step. So I guess first takeaway is talk to them. And then the second takeaway is also talk to them. (laughs) Go into it open and ready to listen. Always take that first step to talk to somebody. The next one is ask really good questions to better understand the person, but make sure your nonverbals and voice inflection are in check. Also take in the nonverbals of the other person as well to inform your communication. Next, you can only control you. So what can you do to influence the other person? And then last, assume good intent for everyone. Remember that everyone has a story and is coming from a different place and try not to react emotionally whenever you have those conversations. I hope this was really beneficial for you. We're so glad that you joined us today, please, please reach out to us with your questions, your stories, whatever it is you want to share with us at more than work podcast at peopleccg.com. Don't forget to share this podcast with a coworker or friend, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the more than work podcast. Join us next time. And in the meantime, lead well.